there is a very high consumption rate of you know adult use cannabis in France, and I think that's one of the stats that kind of goes around a lot. Well, Canada, French, France should be a huge market because there are um, mm. so many million uh, regular consumers. I think that we're around 10% of people who are saying they use it quite regularly to, uh, of adults. Um, so it's really quite a huge consumer base, um, yet nothing is legal in terms of rec. There's no real speak of recreational. Mm. I'll start with recreational. Um, there's no real speak of this happening very soon. I think that the most optimistic people in the industry will say maybe within three or four years we'll begin speaking about it. It could happen earlier. We could, we're never, um, never sheltered from a good surprise. Free l'herbe. The prospect of broader cannabis legislation looks to be a certainty across Europe when you look at what's happening in Germany, Switzerland, Netherlands and a few other nations. But one major country that's strangely quiet on the topic is France. Joanna Weaver-Pellissier, co-founder and CEO of BCAN, gives us an insider's view on all things CBD and THC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next edition of the Lobster Pot Podcast. I'm Dave Barton, the co-founder of and uh, what I call myself these days, I call myself a creative director. It sounds a bit grandiose, but we'll go with that, of uh, Thermidor. And here is my other co-founder and the business brain behind the whole thing. It's Jamie Bonthron. Say hello, Jamie. How are you doing? Good morning. That's a serious intro, and I have to live up to it now, which is worrying, but I am here officially. You're here. That's it. Absolutely, man. It's uh, turning up the counts, is what I keep telling myself. So, And today we have a very special guest. We have Joanna Weaver-Pellissier who is the co-founder and CEO of Bican, based in France. So welcome to the show, Joanna. How are things with you? Whereabouts in France are you? You're um, not in Paris. I'm not. I'm in the south of France, just, just north of Provence, uh, between Ardèche and Drôme. So uh, we live in a small place named Montélimar, which is famous for nougat. Oh, very nice. But I'm, I'm guessing by your accent, you're not originally from France, although you may well be. Where are you from originally? I'm not. I'm actually Canadian. I've lived in France for 14 years now. So, um, yeah, so I moved here in my, in my late 20s. <laughs> Very good. And that's it. And so the whole legalization in, in Canada, you kind of that happened, you know, after you left and things like that, where cannabis Absolutely. is concerned. Um, yeah, sorry. So when I was growing up in Canada, um, it was very, very normalized and it wasn't foreign to me at all. But uh, I saw much more of it when I came to France. And then effectively, about eight years after I moved here, the legalization started really happening in Canada. So I visited a few times since. Um, but I've noticed that the sky didn't fall. So it's quite, it's quite an interesting uh, <laughs> viewpoint. No, absolutely. And I think, again, you know, living in France, you know, we don't really hear much about France and cannabis from even within the sort of industry, a lot of the shows we've been to. And it's kind of like, well, what, what is the state? I mean, we hear about Germany, hear about Netherlands, we hear of Switzerland. And, you know, one big country, we hear about Spain and Portugal, one big country we don't hear about in Europe. And any form of legalization is France. So what's the current situation regarding cannabis? Exactly. It's very interesting that we don't hear so much about it because, of course, from internally we do, but um, there is a very high consumption rate of you know adult use cannabis in France. And I think that's one of the stats that kind of goes around a lot. Well, Canada, French, France should be a huge market because there are um, mm. so many million uh, regular consumers. I think that we're around 10% of people who are saying they use it quite regularly to, uh, of adults. Um, so it's really quite a huge consumer base, um, yet nothing is legal in terms of rec. There's no 
real speak of recreational. Mm. I'll start with recreational. Um, there's no real speak of this happening very soon. I think that the most optimistic people in the industry will say maybe within three or four years we'll begin speaking about it. It could happen earlier. We could. We're never um, never sheltered from a good surprise. But uh, it is quite far away from being on the table because, for example, our Minister of the Interior a few years ago, but has the same position today, um, basically came out and said cannabis is la merde. So I think we all know what Lamel means. It's shit. And it's actually quite funny mm. because I heard one of the um, jargon words for cannabis in France is shit. So it's actually, you know, mm. that kind of gives you a perspective of, of how we're viewing this. And yeah, he yeah. said, we're, everything, basically, he said, everything that comes from the plant is terrible. Therefore, we're not going to think about legalizing it. We're not augmenting the increasing the price of cigarettes up to 10 euros in order to legalize cannabis. So there's a very very big gap um, in the reality on the on the terrain and and what the government will will be um, putting forward these days. Um, and it does not seem to be, you know, a lot of people will say on Macron's second mandate, maybe it will come through. I don't think it's a priority right now. And it, it doesn't seem to be getting it quite as much traction as in other countries, and notably Germany, where we met. Mm. And um, and so that's the uh, in terms of recreational, because that's quite the easiest one to do. It, it's not around the corner, and I can get into the reasons why I think that it will be quite delayed, and and why it's there. There are many many roadblocks and speed bumps to that. Um, but what's mainly happening in France now is the wellness CBD. So every country I think in Europe it always seems to think that their legislation is the most tricky, and it's so strange and everything. And so France, we have that same opinion here. But what's quite particular about France is that we've been for yeah, three years, four years now, there have been CBD shops um, popping up all over the place. And the reason that CBD shops are able to exist is because they are allowed to sell flowers. So hemp flowers always below 0.2, it might be 0.3 now, but we're still kind of sticking with 0.2. And flowers that are on the packaging, of course, you cannot smoke them, you can't burn them, you can't be under 18, everything that, you know, basically they're, they're decorative, decorative um, flowers. But uh, those have been allowed in the shops. And as I understand it, in England and in many other countries, that just hasn't even been a possibility. And in Italy, it was, and it got kind of knocked down. I'm not sure if it's come back up. But in France, it's really this, this flower, selling of the flowers, we are a big smoking country in terms of cigarettes. It's still quite rampant. So I, I think that kind of does follow suit. And in these shops, there are about 400 of them now. Um, the flowers, flower sales do um, represent about 75, 80% of their business, of their revenues. So what happened in the end of last year, so we've had, uh, you know, three years of roller coasters. There were a lot of crackdowns on CBD shops a few years ago. And then they said, OK, we'll leave them alone a little bit. Oh, let's crack down on them again. It was quite a, a roller coaster. But at the end of the year of last year, so at the end of 30th of December 2021, the government put out, um, oh, I should have looked this up, an arrêté. So it's basically um, a document. Um, mm -hmm. I figure out how to say it. Um, mm -hmm. A document that, uh, that essentially... Um, prohibited this sale of flowers but you know kind of from one day to the next every, all these shops were thriving and they were getting much more traction and and uh, whether whether rightfully or, or not and uh, so they said we will not allow flowers anymore this is on the 30th of December so you can imagine mm. these 400 CBD shop owners their employees all of their clients because it, it, they're very yeah, yeah happy new year yeah crikey exactly let's see what happens next year and then a month later because I think there, there was quite a bit of lobbying on that behalf of the CBD shop owners and 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 in the industry, uh, we generally think that this it is 
uh, going backwards if we were to restrict flower use, but that is another question. Um, they, they canceled this document. So they basically said, uh, okay, we're going to put a hold on it. It's true. It will put a lot of people out of business. Uh, we, you know, maybe we didn't think about regulation properly before completely prohibiting it. Um, so at the end of January, it was, it was put on pause. So the shops were able to reopen um, and continue selling flowers again, but it's still... Uh, very tentative because by between now and the end of the year, they should come up with a final decision. And we really don't know which way that will go. Um, because in these CBD shops, the front of the CBD shops is that we sell wellness products. We have cosmetics, we have oils. Um, to be clear, oils are still novel food uh, because we're part of yeah. Europe. It's a recommendation. It hasn't really been enforced so much, but we know that this is kind of this, a um, de democracy. this is kind of is looming over the yeah industry that um mm. that the novel will will be put into uh, will be enforced so the the cbd shops are well open again and i think mm. this is one of the reasons that cbd is much more well known now in france because about four years ago as soon as and this is where the stigma comes in and, and rears its ugly head over and over as soon as you said cbd and they say oh people would say oh this is from cannabis it's evidently wrong you know our interior mm. minister told us it's everything this is wrong um so I think that the, the opinions are changing a little bit in that we have a lot of clients going to these CBD shops, but it, it is worthwhile mentioning that because there's no regulation or there's very little clear regulation for years, there are CBD shops that have, have sprouted and that have really done things in a very classy manner with very pure, very, very wellness focused, lots of plants, um, just very much and even catering mm. to people that might be aging. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I mean, I think that is not to be underestimated as a way to get people engaged with with the plant you know that whole you know the whole wellness angle i mean here in the uk again cbd is quite prevalent in kind of you know like you go to like a local pharmacy and you'll see like cbd patches for like pain relief or you know so it's it's you know you can buy different supplements and products and it is it seems to be you know it now I speak to people and oh CBD that's that's the that's the that's the okay bit of cannabis and that's the kind of perception now or you know the bit that doesn't get you high so that means you know whether that's right or wrong is another debate as we all know but again that's it's more prevalent in that way um do you do I don't think I've ever seen a CBD shop per se I mean I've seen in the UK have you Jamie uh, you no, do live in quite small towns. Yeah, I suppose that, that's probably it. No, I don't think so. They're not quite as prevalent as vape shops, are they? You know, it's, no, that's it's the thing. Vape. It's not at that scale. But um, that, Yes, we have fewer vape. I mean, we, we still have vape shops. But we seem to have fewer vape shops than at least that are visible than the CBD shops. And effectively, it is quite strange. Um, you know, they're not all called CBD shops. It's often around the word hamper, around the word mm. canna. Um, but mm-hmm. that, um, uh, sorry, what was I going to say? Um, it is quite strange to to create a shop based on one molecule, you know, and that's why I think that the ones the shops that are going a bit more wellness are talking about mm-hmm. hemp, you have hemp textiles, you have hemp, you know, bath salts, you have things that are not uh, on the kind of recreational um, typically. Yeah. Smokers yeah, have. no, I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I think we spoke some the other day. And it's like, well, why would you focus on that one cannabinoid or something like that as a thing? And I guess it well. THC and CBD are the most the best known I suppose and so I guess it's I don't know it's, it's probably just more of a marketing ploy than anything else that people understand what CBD doesn't mean central business district anymore you know it's, <laughs> as it did when I was you know GCSE geography that's another story but no it, 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 it's, it's true yeah yeah, yeah. Like this too as well. yeah um, yes. but yeah I mean I think again 
the wellness thing and you know the benefits of other cannabinoids and like uh you know different terpenes and things like that people within you know are starting to sort of see that do you, do you see that in france as well are people a bit more conscious oh if this got this sort of terpene profile then i'm more interested in its benefits is that the sort of thing that's sort of happening as well through think, the sort of cbd shops there's a part of the market that's quite quite that is as mature as is what you say um i think that mm. The problem with something like, and I do agree that CBD is much more sexy than cannabinoids. You know, cannabinoids sound very medical, and of course, that's what we're, we're trying to veer away from. Um, but I think that there is uh, a part of the market that is looking into terpene blends, that is looking into other cannabinoids. At the same time, the, the shops that I didn't mention earlier are the shops that were really much more focused, and the image of the shops was much more come smoke, it's almost cannabis, you know. They, yeah. there's, the, the posters of Bob Marley, fine. Posters of Pablo Escobar, less fine. Um, on the on the wall. So so I think that um, there is quite a bit of the market that is is that kind of clientele, which is perhaps mm -hmm. less interested in the wellness effects and just looking for you know the the maximum um, THC that they can have in the product, which is you know point two, but still try. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that um, it will come. But the problem with going back to where the problem with CBD is that it comes along with another other keywords and kind of jazzy words like terpenes and they say, Oh, now we have terpenes. we're just going to sell terpenes. And, and where this is where I come in because I'm on this kind of security of product side and notably in cosmetics, but terpenes are very, very dangerous. Um, they're very, they have to be handled with care. They have their essential oils. Basically they're, they're very, they can be very toxic if not used in the right way. So, I think that in, as a whole, the the um, community, the cannabis community, and I'm not just talking in France, you know, has to uh, should maybe veer away from me, kind of saying, okay, the next thing is terpenes, the next thing is HH. Mm. Because in France, of course, there were the the more opportunistic, perhaps um, shops and distributors. So as soon as HHC came on on the table as a not really on the table, but in in our ears, and it's mm. the new cannabinoid. It's also a bit psychoactive, but we don't know yet. And, yeah, and it's it not technically be, illegal. Yeah, not technically illegal. Um, yeah, exactly. Depending on the product mm. type, of course. But then, so you did get all these mailings coming in saying, "Ah, we now have HHC," and I, and that's kind of bothersome to me because we do need to do this properly. But I think mm. that there's it's really a divided. I wouldn't say that we can categorize CBD shops and actors into the two into the mm -hmm. two you know, serious and not serious, but there is quite a bit of overlap as well. So whether we have, um, there's a very good case for France and terpenes, of course, because we have a lot of aromatic plants. Um, we're very famous, you know, in my region for lavender, mm -hmm. um, a lot of essential oils come from grass, uh, just down south, there's the perfume industry. So it makes sense that we'd be interested in those. But my co-founder, who is who has the cosmetics lab, who is a toxicologist and a veterinarian by trade, um, the first time I mentioned terpenes, he said, okay, you know, we, we, we don't play around with terpenes. And I was seeing all these terpenes at shows and everything like this thing. Well, why don't we play around with terpenes? So I had a lot to learn, but I think it's also very important that the, the community, as we grow and if we want to become more serious, that we don't just start, you know, putting rather on the other random cannabinoids in and uh, so the fact that it's cbd only i don't think we'll have cbg shops coming up i don't think we'll have technical thc shops for quite a while um yeah. but what, what's the sort of status of medical or medicinal cannabis in the in france is that i think there's a trial or there was a trial or something or no but, please explain yeah there is and was and there might be another um there was a trial so in the end of 2019 if i'm not mistaken um perhaps even 2018, the government announced that they would be starting a trial period for two years to test not the not the efficacy of medical cannabis, but mm -hmm. the feasibility of a medical cannabis supply chain. 
So they put that into place okay. quite a long time. There was the COVID came in and it took about two years to put into place. So um, beginning of March 2021, um, the idea is that up to 3,000 patients could be prescribed cannabis for a period of two years and we'd see how the whole thing worked out. That was a very interesting beginning of experiment because, of course, no French actors and very few European actors were positioned to supply medical cannabis um, to France. So France came up with an, a brilliant idea to say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get it for free from these producers um, who must be foreign, who must pair up with a distributor in France to get these products out into the market. And we'll see how that works. So there were a lot of, you know, call for, for tenders. There was a, a few, there were a few months given for, for different partners. So a French partner with an ex, a foreign exporter um, to get on the market. And about five were chosen to, to supply oils and flowers. Um, a lot of the flower does come from Canada. Um, some of the oils are from, I believe, Bedrocan, but, uh, but also Australia. I mean, there, there are quite a yeah. few actors involved. And this is to continue for two years. A lot of people were thinking, a lot of the public would think this is a, to make sure that cannabis, medical cannabis is going to work. Of course, that's not that's not uh, at all the reason for this experimentation period. It's really to, to study the feasibility. Now, coming to the end of this, this two-year period, it will be in next March. Uh, right now, there are not nearly 3,000 people taking uh, medical cannabis. Prescriptions have been a lot lower, um, a lot fewer. And I think that it is because also of the stigma, because some... Um, Practitioners, many practitioners were not willing to participate. Those who were often had reticence, uh, you saw reticence from the side of their patients saying, you know, I, I'm really not ready to try this. And of course, you have to give up your driver's license for two years. So that is quite limited. Really? Wow. Yes, quite limiting. I'm not sure how that works in other countries. But um, so when we're coming up here, <laughs> doesn't no. bother that here. But yeah, so it just, yeah. It just, I, mean, I suppose that's a whole other debate, isn't it? It's like, you know, because it's kind of like, well, there's no kind of like, you know, alcohol test, you know, you're either under the influence or you're not, you know, it's like cannabis is in your system for six months you might be absolutely fine. You might be away with the fairies or whatever it is, you know, there's, it's the same test. There's no way to kind of, you know, am I competent enough and sound of mind to be able to operate a machine? Um, well, that's debatable and sober, to be honest, in my case. But it's, yeah, it's it's that's, it's that's a weird one. It's a weird one for sure. It is a really weird one. And I think that's what, that is probably what deterred quite a few people from taking it. And that's just kind of France's stance of saying, it's, well, it's very dangerous. We're just not going to mess around with that. So what they're trying, starting to say now, and I haven't um, read too much into it, but it's just a very recent piece of news, is that they might do another, extend the experimentation period to include local actors, so a local supply chain, because the idea of France, and I think this is quite a, a, a universal uh, decision on the part of governments, is that they do want to have a French sector, mm. French supply chain, um, but it wasn't able to be put into place at all um, due to the fact that we cannot cultivate, we can't have authorizations to to, to touch THC or to extract. Um, so I think that that might be a wise decision now. It could have potentially been yeah. taken a few years ago as well, saying we are looking for a French sector, so let's see if that we can make yeah. that and get that started. That sort of thing, you know, everything being French, I mean, it's, it's a bit, I mean, having been there and visited, like everything is kind of like, you know, there's a kind of real pride in it being French produced or, you know, and you get that whether you're like in the supermarket buying apples or whether you're buying like a Coca-Cola or something like, you know, bottled in France or whatever. And it's like, well, there's definitely a sense of pride around that and, you know, the provenance of, you know, so I can imagine cannabis. It's like, well, we wanted to be, to have that, that sense of, uh, you know, the, yes. the, the same sort of cachet or, you know, 
pride in what we're doing yeah absolutely even the idea i think since covid as well or covid as well as the kind of medical sovereignty you know not to be reliant Mm. on other countries when we might have uh, issues like this that affect the the whole universe Mm. um but pride is a very good word it's a very nice word i think that it it is uh, it is very much present in france and i see it of Mm. course on cosmetics so made in france cosmetics it's it's what we is one of our key selling points um and what we do hope and because france were uh, one a few of the things were strong and of course wine and perfume so that kind of uh, you know Mm. cultivation of of uh, very precious plants um that makes sense but also uh research and development is quite strong in france what what everyone in france is hoping at least us in in the sector and i'm assuming the public as well the apprised of all of this news is that we tend to be late to the game france um whether it's regulations on building which is my uh, old industry um or you know ecological building or or any almost anything that comes along we won't necessarily be the first um we tend to think let's do it really properly so it's taking a long time to figure out what will be the rules for medical cannabis what will be the rules you know for cbd shops and all this but what we do our my my true deep hope is that we're going to do it well and we're actually going to learn from them errors that have been committed elsewhere which is normal they were you know they were pioneers and we have to learn from them um but what the the positive sign for me is that the ansms that's kind of our our um uh moh it's called ministry of health um, and security of medications in france has been auditioning um groups who are wishing to be become players actors in this industry in the medical cannabis space whether it's groups you know from cultivation to distribution or it's just uh for cultivation authorizations um and often these groups are you know either have been in the industry for a while have explored what's happening across the globe or have partners who who are already active and they are auditioning them not auditing in terms of getting authorization auditioning saying you know what what do you think we should do for this part um should we only look at thc cbd or should we look at you know trying to titrate a bunch of different cannabinoids things like that are really quite Mm. relatively impressive because often when you have a a legislation coming in about medical cannabis they'll just say okay these are the four Mm -hmm. um afflictions that it can be prescribed for last resort and everything like that so a lot of the actors in france are really pushing for them to have much more of a it sounds like really listening to the science aspect of it and i think that's you know seems critical and that seems like you know it seems like the sensible approach but again i always think like um i'm going to speak to someone in the us and it's like well you know this level like, oh, we've got so many problems in colorado or california it's like well at least you're doing it that's the thing and figuring it out as you go rather than just kind of talking about it you know what i mean and i think you know in varying degrees different countries are sort of trying to do it and you know i mean you know and it sounds like you know France is in a some similar situation in terms of you know driving awareness or just kind of public opinions. We are here. I mean, we have a similar situation in that you know everything has to be imported. We can grow it here if you've got home office license, but you can't be used here per se. You know, which is really really random. Um, so again, it makes sense to have kind of domestic cultivation and be able to use the products that you have. You know, just for the sake of convenience, let alone you know the quality. Of them product but again you know yes and even i mean even carbon footprint i i really believe strongly that this industry is new and that we should be doing things properly so whether i'm talking about cosmetics being clean and not having you know petrochemical ingredients in them or you know women and inclusion and and minorities and women in in business i think i think you're right it's like you know the the whole industry has an opportunity to uh, create the change that other industries haven't seen and i think there's a lot of watching and waiting you know again everyone's waiting oh, what will germany do you know you know they'll probably do it properly they'll do it rigorously there'll be lots of discussion and you know lots of back and forth and you know maybe that is what's important to getting this right you know but again 
I think there always comes the time for less talk, more action, doesn't there? And it's yes. like, well, when do you call it? Yes, we, we definitely like to talk quite a lot in France. We like to talk and, and re-talk and think things over and do the, the anti, the, the, the thesis and antithesis. Um, it's, it's, a very, uh, it's very much that kind of culture. I do think when you mentioned Germany, I think that France will be looking to Germany and seeing what they're, you know, without, we wouldn't admit it, but seeing what happens and how they, how they regulate. Because we, when we, I think when we look at Canada or the States, in France at least, um, it, there's, a, there's a kind of a notion of, well, they're kind of crazy over there. They just, they kind of do it and then they figure it out later and, oh, we can't do it. The Americans do because it's just it's a very, um, if we say in French, à l'américaine, it kind of means just like a freestyle or or, uh, or big or, you know, go big or go home or too big to fail, all these kind of things. And that doesn't seem very right for France. So I think that that is it also. We're, we're looking for uh, an example that we, with, with, with whom we identify more better actually in Germany. Do you think there's um, a, a way to grow? A, well, I'm sure there are ways to grow awareness. What do you think are the ways that awareness of cannabis as a plant and the benefits of it can kind of be grown? Because obviously the CBD jobs, the ones that did it well were great. And the ones that didn't and were kind of bohemian and, and probably a lot of the time, maybe a gray market. Would that, yes. say, you know, that probably didn't do a lot of good for the, uh, the sort of wider cause. And when you've got maybe a more conservative population who aren't particularly keen on it, who are deciding who the, you know, who the government are, who your minister of health is and things like that, you know, to yes. inform it up the chain. What do you think the things that either businesses or people can do to kind of raise awareness and, and, and bring it more into a conversation as opposed to it being this kind of like, you know, kind of like yeah. you think in the corner where it's like there's some shops and they're a bit dodgy and yeah exactly and, and even just to compliment on that when when we um when we do we have cbd expos in france and there's nothing anything negative about this expo which is actually very well done but what you see when you go to these expos is not a good representation in my view of, of what cannabis can be so there's you know there there are of course actors from players from everywhere um coming and selling their their best newest stuff that's wrapped in uh, cellophane and, and things like this that you just don't really want to see so i think um that is a part of it that we need to change the image so what i'd like to see happen and back in 2019 there was probably the second or third cannabis europa was in paris and everyone was like how is this possible in Paris? It was even at the Maison de la Chimie, which is really a very important building right near the, uh, another really important building in Paris. <laughs> um, anyway, it's right in the district, uh, the, the government district. And um, and it, it seemed to really kind of bring at least, at least comfort um, people who wanted to get into the industry, but in a very serious way, whether it's from the pharma industry or from the cosmetic side or from the, you know, the raw materials or cultivation. Um, it seemed to bring a lot of, people uh together that that and we could kind of feel this common goal uh you know this overarching thing saying let's create a new industry the right way um there hasn't really been anything since in that sense and i think that what we probably need and of course there was COVID and everything that came in um so we haven't had many events but i do think that more of course more media more events but really well curated in the sense that we we see a lot of the of the cbd brands we see a lot of the there are also quite a few actors in CBD who are saying, yeah, let's also do psychedelics. So it's, it's, it's a bit hard to kind of um, focus on, on the, the real question at hand. One thing I think that there should be more events, and I'm, I'm really trying to work on that, getting event focused around medical um, and eventually wellness without going into the... Uh, to, to the dark side of the wellness. Um, but the other the other thing is we have to look at the arguments that are being put forward for, you know, again, already there are public authority figures who are saying that this stuff is crap, so that doesn't help. Um, but there's also um, 
we also need to, the, one of the historical arguments in France is that the whole black market, which is not only weed, but um, a good part, is managed by these um, low-income housing projects that often are very, you know, uh, it, it's not a very multicultural place there. It's, it may be multicultural, but there are, anyway, it's, it's, it's very much a segregated area, I would say. Mm. And, and these are called CT, and this is where even on some of them, even the, the police don't enter into that zone because it's just kind of a, it's kind of a no-touch place. And the, one of the arguments is, what will we do, you know, if there's recreational use, and we don't want to go for recreational use because what will we do with this black market and all the people who are happily working in the black market? Um, and that really irks me, of course, because that, to me, is not an end argument. You can't say, well, it's, you know. The, the, the illegal market's working pretty well. What, what can we just leave it at is? Um, but that is one of the things that does tend to, when I ask people what they think, and this is one of my favorite pastimes, you know, a hairdresser or anyone on the airplane, just asking, what do you think about cannabis? You know, and they say, oh, you're from Canada, you must be for it. I just, I just want to know. And often it is, well, you know, uh, it's really dangerous for young people. So, of course, that's, that's absolutely handleable. We can, we can set an age. Um, but it, often there's the gateway drug uh, argument. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah has finally been kind of squashed even in French. I think that someone translated a, a recent article where they absolutely proved that this is not a gateway drug. I think we've all known that for years. Um, that is one of the arguments. And the other argument is this black market um, argument. The other potential argument is that we don't want more people smoking, but we know very well that those who are in the industry and we see all of the different ways you can consume mm -hmm. cannabis, um, the idea is to, if, if it were to be democratized, um, we would have many, many more ways than not smoking. So all of these arguments I think can be squashed, but the one about the, what will we do with the black market to me is quite, quite. Fortunate. It's an interesting one. Cause again, people just like, well, surely we just want to eradicate, you know, the uh, black market and, you know, take control of it. And, but to sort of, Build that in as a consideration seems like a it was an interesting debate for sure. It is, and often even the, the kind of uh, second argument I get, and I say, well, you know, the black market, unfortunately, it, it still will exist. You know, um, that mm. that's, just does happen, and we have to make sure. Hopefully, we can regulate eventually in future in a way that will enable the black market to either. But that's, but that's what the that's what the expertise is, isn't it? You know, the sort of legacy yes. black market. You know, as we're, and it's kind of like I guess you look to the US, you look at the kind of social equity sort of projects and giving people who have the experience, you know, or have committed crimes in the past and things like that, you know, giving them a platform to actually legitimize what they're doing. Yes. And do you think something like that would work well in France? I think it would work well. I don't know if it would ever be implemented, but I, I, I think it would work very well. And I hope that that's another kind of lesson we could draw in from, mm. you know, again, we have this, this richness, this wealth of experience mm. from abroad. And effectively, I looked at all of the, uh, the the rec markets that are opening up in the States and what they're choosing to do. And I think we do need to analyze that and, and look mm. at what we can do with it. It's the social country, friends. So, uh, you know, the foundation. Um, so it should, uh, there should be something like that put into place. But again, we need, um, we need people who are, knowledgeable mm. about a lot of people who were working and want to work in cannabis do leave france um you know who, who are actually knowledgeable in it or who wants because it's just if you were there that from 2018 to 2020 mm. <clears throat> you just thought to yourself it's not possible so what led you to, to be involved in the sector what was uh if you well again you said you used to work in the construction industry Yes, when I first moved to France, we had a, I worked with my husband, we had a, who's French, uh, we had a construction company, eco, eco construction company for 10 years. Um, so nothing to do, obviously, with cannabis. I'm not, I wasn't from construction either. So I think we could qualify ourselves as serial entrepreneurs. Um, but we, we've always appreciated the plant. Um, we know mm -hmm. much less about it than we do now. But of course, it's just, it was also part of my, my, my youth in Canada. 
I didn't actually consume very much, but I smelled it all the time. And it was just, it was just, uh, you know, you heard a lot about it. Um, and my husband, who was from the finance uh, finance background, had been seeing what was happening in the on the stock markets basically about four or five years ago in the states, and saying, "Oh, there's something's going on here. What what can we do?" So we we started, um, you know, questioning what could we do in France. We thought originally we would get into testing because we thought, okay, France is going to be very rigorous, and we'll need testing labs. Of course, that's very very tricky tricky place to be. Even today, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. Testing lab, um, who has access to the right uh, to the right tools, um, and we ended up have co-founding the company with uh, three other people, and one of them is an expert in cosmetics. Um, and we realized that one of the, and this is still true today, one of the only uh, product sector segments or product types um, categories that can have CBD fully legally uh, within a regulation that exists already is cosmetics. And um, and when I, the, the first few years, it was very little interest in cosmetics. Um, they're very much the idea that cosmetics with CBD don't work because what was put on the shelves was just cosmetics where they sprinkled in some CBD and it was very, very messy. Um, but the more and more, the, as the years go by and the regulation on different kind of products has been just evolving so quickly and, and um Unpredictably, uh, we see a lot of brands turning to cosmetics saying this will be one of the best, uh, the highest, most quickly growing segments uh, will be cosmetics. So we really got into that and I learned cosmetics and CBD at the same time. You know, I really discovered both at the same time. So what I find interesting, what's really that, I mean, I'm the CEO of Beacon, but we have a bunch of different activities that I think would take another episode to get into. Um, But what, what I really enjoy about my work is that I'm, I think that we're participating in the kind of um, creating a serious business around CBD and creating a serious image about the CBD. Um, in cosmetics, it's been allowed CBD and CBG for about a year and a half now. Uh, before that, it was allowed in synthetics. So we formulated for quite a while and, and figured that it is quite a, an interesting market, but especially for the US or Canada. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm headed actually to New York tomorrow to speak next week at a conference about how to get into the European market with cosmetics because it might not be the most fascinating subject for anyone else, but um, the regulation in Europe to get a cosmetic yeah. product formulated on the market is about 12, 18 months, and it's very tedious. You test everything, you know, everything, um, the packaging, compatibility, everything. In the States, you can basically put a product on the market and right away um, as soon as you formulate it in whatever packaging, and then you have to kind of, over the years, uh, mount your dossier of, of information. So mm-hmm. what, what pleases me is that I have this... Um, this role to kind of educate people from the CBD industry who tend to think that, oh, CBD is borderline, so it must be borderline in cosmetics as well. And also educate those in the cosmetics industry who are interested in CBD, but think, oh, is my Instagram account going to be shut down if I put CBD in my cosmetic products? Mm -hmm. And where I fall. And just briefly, the rest of we can, we have a, we have some pet products, pet uh, products for, for household animals. And we also have a foot in the medical, which is why I was speaking about the, mm-hmm. the medical. We have a, a group called Canapol, um, and we're also applying for an authorization to become part of this, whether it's the next experimentation period or whether it is the, uh, the actual um, uh, legislation that will be coming for, to allow for medical cannabis to be actually distributed. very cool very cool it sounds like a again there's so many different ways into to cannabis um and i would again ask the question france is known you know for its gastronomy do you not do you think edibles could be a viable market for france or do you think there's too much stigma around cannabis as it is to kind of think about you know don't touch our gastronomy type thing what do you think i mean it's an interest i find that an interesting one because again it would kind of follow but 
you know. I think it, it probably will. Now, are we talking THC edibles or CBD edibles? Because I don't know, both maybe. You know, I mean, what's the kind of yes. appetite for it, so to speak? Um, I think I think it's, it's it could be very promising because, um, and if, to give an example, because we come from the town of Nuga and we're right near a very very important chocolate manufacturer, um, we we tried at the beginning to say, do you want to just try putting some CBD or some full spectrum in these products? And they were very much reticent. Um, but so I think for for you know industry, it will it will be quite a long time. But in Paris, they have quite a few um, industry friends who have mm -hmm. who say, well, we have we've just created a partnership with a pâtisserie or um, a bake mm -hmm. shop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big shop where they're putting into their profiterole or into their eclair chocolate eclairs, they're putting in CBD and it's selling like hotcakes. And then we also are working with a, a butcher who has agreed to do, you know, you may have seen about, seen this um, hamburger, hamburger patties with CBD or full spectrum in them that are sold on the market. Mm -hmm. um, macaron or a little, you know, little uh, French pastries, basically. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah absolutely. That actually, if you're walking through Paris, not nearly as much as CBD shops, you know, there is about one on every corner, but uh, from time to time, or even a restaurant saying we have a special CBD menu. I think that it remains small because, of course, we're still under novel foods. So anyone that's going to be commercializing something in a, in a more industrial scale or larger scale will, will be reticent. But I do think it would be we'd like to eat here. That's for sure. Um, there was also the idea of having CBD in, in wine and in champagne that a few products tried to launch. Um, as well, because we think why not, you know, associate the pleasures. Um, but it, it, it's definitely possible. I think that we mm. will be deviating from the the smoking route eventually, and and need these different kinds of. But uh, yeah, it's a very good question. I hope so. Yeah, you, you, it would seem to be a natural fit, but then it might be so kind of entrenched in kind of you know culture that you know we don't you know there's some things you just don't mess with. And I know in France, the, the purity, the tradition, the way of doing things, you know, particularly yes. around food is very like, it's a very don't, old don't, don't, don't do it. <laughs> and there's a good reason for that. Cause it's always usually delicious. You know what I mean? I, so you think, I do. Can we do like an astronomy menu kind of, I mean, you hear about other countries doing it and like in Canada yes. and U S and like doing, doing these sort of THC sort of taster menus and things like that. And yes, I don't again, see why not. I think yeah. that would be an interesting idea. But what I do think that it could be very interesting for France and that would really help this to, to us to get to that point is if we start having, you know, in, in wine, we have these uh, AOC or AOP appellation, origin, uh, controlled origin. Mm. Like, sh like, sh like champagne can only come from that region. Absolutely. That's for sure. We, we cannot add anything to champagne. It's still called champagne. But even like Chablis or you'll have Bourgogne yeah. uh, near here, there's... Um, um, Chateau Neuf du Pape, if we could have those appellations for cannabis, because of course a lot of the it is to do with um, the the terroir, it's the the the, the, the land, yeah, the absolutely. climate, the everything specific about each area. So I think if we can, that that would be something I would definitely see happening in France. We need to be much more open minded to begin with because we're not quite there yet as a as a population. But if we could say, listen, we're going to make boutique cannabis in France, we're going to have. Um, you know, right next to the valleys where this famous wine is grown, we also have a little cannabis, you know, little cannabis plantation. Mm -hmm. yeah. have this, and it could be known worldwide. And I think that could be very, very interesting because I do think that although Canada has, a, uh, it's very much associated in people's minds with cannabis and with being a pioneer. I think if uh, in the future, if you have kind of a, a Canadian cannabis, it will be for a certain type of clientele and you have a French boutique cannabis, it will probably be for another clientele maybe with caviar or things like that um that would to me that would suit i think that would help the, the acceptance of it actually 
Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm just thinking ca- cannabis, champagne, and caviar. It's a heady mix, right? This one's <laughs> but why not? You know, could be really, really cool. No, but thank you, Joanna. That's um, some really good stuff. And just to, just to round things out, I mean, what's kind of next for you? You say you're off to New York to give it. Is that um, is that the Business of Cannabis Conference? Is that the one, or you, which one are you off to? No, I like that one too. Um, it's a White Label Expo, World Expo, CBD White Label. There's a bit oh. of everything, but um, it's it's at the Javits Center, so it's actually absolutely huge. I'm speaking on Theater Six or something like this, so oh, it's nice. a big one. And then I'm going to try to kind of stick around Europe for a bit and do a lot of those conferences. One, I've been doing conferences, attending conferences since like late 2018. The first conference I went to was in London, and there were it was kind of this was a Kenetech and there were about 100 people there and I've just loved this scene and seeing how it's evolving and meeting all the different actors and seeing what's happening in different countries so I do hope to kind of continue that but one of our main markets is the US it's more mature market um, yes. products on the shelves and and uh, there's a lot to do there so, so yeah, yeah. crossing the Atlantic a few times brilliant stuff well best of luck with it and thanks for taking the time to chat to us today and uh, hopefully we'll uh, see you soon hopefully and are you going to be at MJ BizCon in Vegas I yep. wish. No, I will not be yeah. this year. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'll be. I'll try to be at most of those in uh, in, in yeah. Europe until until next spring, and then go back. Cool. Well, 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 I'm sure we'll see you again. But no, thank you very much, and uh, appreciate you taking the time. And uh, yeah, good luck. Thanks. We're lovely talking to you. Have a great Thanks, day. Thanks,